With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There we go. All right, welcome back to the uh, Championship Week edition, Mountain West Connection Basketball. MWCConnection.com is where we uh, do some hoop stuff, so... Look out for that. Uh, Jeremy here, as always, uh, with Eli Betker talking brackets and basketball and shirtless musclemen. Man, that was, that was crazy. He was he was running around for maybe five, ten minutes after the game. Was, was it something like that? Maybe longer? I, I didn't see it live because I had it on ESPN3 here when I was working, so I didn't see it all, but I just saw it on Twitter. I'm like, what is this? And I see, like, what um, if you guys put I found something on there. If you guys post, I see uh, Tyler Brishoff. He does stuff for there. And you know, he used to do some things for us. Had, was at the game and had some photos. So I saw a few things. I saw, I think, a video or I saw a video running around to like a screenshot or something. I forget exactly. I found a few things, but he's a small dude. <laughs> he is a small dude. He's passionate, though, and that, that's fun. He's a good guy. So, that yeah, let's start with that game really quick, the championship game, because that's the only game that really mattered. I guess San Diego State, the New Mexico matter for a bye, which is a big deal for one fewer games you're playing. And when DeLobo's winning, that's going to be huge for them this week if they want to advance or if they can't advance beyond however many games they play. But this game, it was Colorado State. They're, like we mentioned, like people finally started figuring out during the game, as we sort of did during the last show, about, yeah, while CSU plays, what, seven guys, Nevada's bench is probably as th- plays as few minutes or fewer because this – okay, I'm looking at the box score now. Is this correct? Nevada played – it says they played three players off the bench, but only one had minutes. Did that mean they played fewer than minutes? I thought if you get into a game, it's a minute regardless. I think that's what I thought too. But I guess if you, are you looking on the Ken Palm box score? No, my ESPN. Should I look somewhere else? That's better? okay. It's it says the same for Ken Palm. It says Ramsey and King both had zero minutes and Hall had nineteen. But regardless, that's that's crazy how Nevada played less or fewer bench minutes than CSU did. Yeah, because they had Oliver, Caroline, and Marshall go forty, and then. <laughs> yeah, Oliver, he had the windmill dunk on the breakaway, which is gutsy, and he made it, <laughs> clearly. And that, that issue I have with yeah, stupid ESPN3, I'm like, I'm waiting for the replay, going to do a little video of it. They never showed the replay once online, never, not from what I saw. And I kept waiting, okay, there's free throws, they'll show it in between, there's a timeout, the rejoin, nothing. So I had to find it from Chris Murray of the Reno Gazette, who took a video of it on the uh, Jumbotron. But luckily, it's also slow motion, which made it look even better. That's true. But he had a monster game, 29-17, two steals, two blocks. And this game was pretty close, but Nevada just pulled away in the second half because he outscored him by 15. And there was a stretch, I think, about eight or nine minutes where the Rams just couldn't hit anything because, like, how do you have a – here's the thing that's tough with CSU. If they go on a cold stretch, they have nobody to – okay, go on the bench, give us a spark. Because they had a starter, who was it, um, Nick uh, Carvetcher, zero points. They had a guy off the bench, 12 minutes, zero points. And so much reliance on Gene Clavel. You see, he mm-hmm. took 22 shots, and he played really well, 33 points, but no secondary score, really. I guess Amagbo finished 5 for 11 from the field, but that's a problem that CSU runs to, and they can rely so heavily on Clavel because he's such an elite scorer. But uh, like we've seen with so many other teams in this conference, you need to have a, a good number two and even a number three at times. Yeah, going 10 of 25, that's, that's, pr- that's good enough for three-point, but when they're 38%, like even Clavel, just under 50, but he made up for it for six of 11 threes and then 
But as Nixon there, it was kind of hurt them on that side. But they had a big stretch to no point. That's an issue. If they go cold, they're, there's nobody to get a break. Nobody to hop in to provide a spark. So yeah, Colker a little bit. He had eight points, which is fine off the bench. But he also had four fouls. <laughs> They yeah. had three players with four fouls in the game, and they just Nevada just took it over the defense they played. Like Nevada had seven, what three steals, five blocks. Turnovers were pretty good, nine to seven. Rams had two more, but I, they got a rebound because look what Oliver did. He had half the rebounds essentially, or a third of them. Him and Caroline had all but what eight rebounds. It looks like ten rebounds. Jeez. And I, I wrote about this in my article this morning. Colorado State's defense is exceptional for the most part, but the key for them. I want to say it's keeping opponents under 77 points. When they allow more than 77, I believe they're 0-5 or 0-6 this year, and they allowed 85 against Nevada. So uh, if that's, that seems to be their benchmark. If they're able to hold teams in, in reasonable range, they, they should win, and they weren't able to do that against Nevada. And it's tough against the Wolfpack because uh, they can fill it up so fast. They have three-point shooters, at least three or four guys that can hit from deep at all times. So that's makes it especially difficult to defend. Anthony going that's like the spurt they did, but it's okay. So let's get to some more. So they, Nevada got the one seed CSU, the two seed. We'll get to the bracket stuff in a minute, but we did a uh, player of the year awards and well, not us, but from the league, I, I went with Cam Oliver. I think you did as well last week, right? I, I went with Marcus Marshall. I thought he was, oh, I must've got uh, that tweet wrong. Most deserving, like, but, this but it, it wasn't surprised. <laughs> now you got, cause they even put voting. It's pretty close. Like, I don't know. I just thought Oliver is just what he could do. Maybe it's just highlights like, hey, watching him. But Brandon Clark, San Jose State, it's a pretty big deal. First yeah, team. I mean, he's he's a really talented player. I thought the – I don't I don't have the the first and second team ahead of me right now, but uh, Chandler Hutchison, a lot of people were mentioning his name as, as being one of the key snubs this year. He was, I think, the only player in the conference that finished in the top ten in points, rebounds, assists, and – maybe steals and and he was fantastic this year so that's that's one notable name that was left off the first team yeah, he was the first because he went by points he was the first player on the uh he was the six most points so he was the first player on that second team mm, okay and like you guys got Jalen Moore on their second team you had what Nevada had what through four players two three almost their starting lineup Utah Utah State had a couple despite them being terrible this year and then should we give a round of applause to UNLV for uh, Joven Mooring? <laughs> You got one player on there. You got something. You got gotta have someone on there, right? He beat Air Force in something this year. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, he. Oh man, he he wasn't too bad this year. The shooting percentages were were a little bit low, but he helped keep UNLV afloat. I guess. I guess one. <laughs> you want to call it that? I guess one. I mean, nobody on there either. But there's kind of a team, more of a team thing than one huge guy like Larry Nance or Josh Adams. So. Yeah. And then okay, here's what we got real quick: like player of the year, coach of the year, all that stuff. So. Really? Is it? Should it be Eustachy? I forget who did we say. But did we say? I think we both said Eustachy, right? Um, I went with Musselman. I think you you went with Eustachy. I went with Musselman, and I also mentioned Wojcik, but I didn't think yeah. that he had that much of a chance just because San Jose State finished pretty deep in the standings. But yeah, you you were right. You went with Eustachy, and he got eight of the votes, eight of the eleven. It, I think part of it there predicted seventh, got second. Nevada was what fourth? I think we said top half at least. And they won, which is not surprising. But then you got, mm-hmm. um, like we were correct, unanimous. The only unanimous selection on anything was uh, you were spot on this. Uh, Kobe McEwen, not McElwain. McEwen? McEwen? I haven't seen too many Utah State games this year. Kobe from the Aggies, unanimous freshman. Then obviously Oliver player of the year defensively. And then yeah, Justin James. So that's kind of where they're at. The only 
I think the only real issues maybe you could see like Hutchinson. Maybe I like Eli Brown a lot, but he's inconsistent. It takes needs a million shots like Allen Iverson to get his points. Him and Tim That's Williams true. to get there. I think Jalen Moore is probably one of the most talented players in the league, but the team not being great and him up and down because he has to do what he does for Utah State. He's probably I think he'd be a top five like talent wise. Like if you look going forward, like NBA or whatever, or just how good he is. But you're, you have to do something with your team as well if you're that good. And he's Aggies are. They could be interesting in the tournament, I think. Maybe one a game, maybe two if something goes weird. It's possible. I, I think overall the awards and accolades this year were were, were justified and only Hutchison possibly, but when you match him up against Oliver and Clark and Amagwa, those guys did some awesome things this year, so I don't have a problem with it. And that's what's weird with League. Like you said last time, there's there's a like who's gonna be in the NBA? Marcus Marshall will be in the NBA, Cameron Oliver, uh Jalen Morrow will get a shot, probably Eli Brown, even Tim Williams. All these guys, probably maybe Kobe McElwain down the road, Trey Kell could. There could be, like I said, maybe double-digit guys playing pro hoops from this league this year, at minimum probably half in the NBA at least, and then this league does nothing. Yeah, it's it's such a talented league. It's just too bad with the non-conference schedules and, and what's going on in conference play, but that's just how it is. Hopefully they'll rebound next year. Let me ask you about this real quick. Wichita State, how come – what's going on? Why, why isn't Craig Thompson on the phone? What's he doing? <sighs> I don't know. I, I read your piece just the other day, and I'm thinking the same thing. It would just make perfect sense. You'd bring the conference to 12 teams, and you get a, a Gonzaga-like team that could come in and, and compete for NCAA tournaments every year. It'd be great exposure for the conference, but I guess it's that football deal, huh? That's the thing. I guess the main thing, I know Hawaii's the exception, but it's like I think they. if you want to be a full member, I guess they technically want football men's and women's volleyball and or no sorry sorry football men's and women's basketball and i think women's volleyball which they have everything plus mm-hmm. baseball too baseball is sort of a big deal they're pretty good at baseball bring them as well at another team that might allow boise state to bring their team from club or other club teams that are pretty good like i think csu is a pretty good club baseball team that's like one the club national title i'm probably i could be wrong on that but there's some club teams that could maybe upgrade if you get another team in the conference but it, it's the football thing because he's stubborn and Getting to twelve is nice for scheduling purposes, tournament stuff. You can you'll still probably have an unbalanced schedule, perhaps, but you'd probably play. It just wouldn't be as weird as it is. But they're like, okay, Wichita State. If they were to come to the Mountain West, they wouldn't come over and be thirty-one and zero going to the Final Four. But they would be minimum 25, 28 wins. Probably if they were coming next year, they'd have the best coach, in my opinion, and probably the best team. Like they'd be the favorite nearly every year going forward and that would give the league at least two I, I would well can't assume but most likely two bids every year to tournament because league's getting in the past they had that one year of five which was nuts but they're normally getting two or three but it's football and i get they're probably not going to add football because they did their feasibility study and like well it's expensive to bring it back and they're kind of out there taking forever to move up and i get but the money's not going to be a big deal either. They're not going to be a huge increase, maybe a couple thousand, you know what I mean? Maybe five figure increase on the deal or something. Maybe get a few more games on TV. There could be maybe a small six figure increase for the whole league. So the money incentive isn't there. I guess maybe they don't want to travel for volleyball or baseball out there. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I know it's football, but you get the NCAA tournament credits by, by bringing them in. You can get more home NIT games if they're in as well for maybe another spot or two for that. It just makes too much sense. And then the American, you know what it is, because UConn's actively looking to leave and head back to the Big East. And that's probably – because they're also sitting at 11 teams in basketball because Navy's not part of their league for hoops. And so that would get them to 12, but assuming they want a replacement for UConn because they want Big East and probably independent football or, or MAC football. I, I think from Wichita's perspective, 
if they're going to make the leap, I'm sure they feel like they're a team that is ready to, like you said, maybe maybe go to the American, maybe the Big East, but but most likely a power conference just because of the success they've had on the basketball court the last few years under Greg Marshall. But um, from Mountain West perspective, it, it makes perfect sense. This is another team that could add another dimension to the conference and and rebolster a league that's that's having a ton of issues right now. Um, I was I was going to ask you since you're a football guy, do you think the foot? Do you think that the state of Mountain West football or basketball is is better right now? Uh, it's got to be football, and people say that's down because they didn't go to a big bowl time bowl game in two years. Their champs always give me contention for the almost every year, but it's right now it's football. In the past, I could it'd be it's pretty even before because when they got five teams in, that's like I think that that's obviously a record. But right now it's football just because they had three, I think three or four teams win double digit games last year. They're not going to in Aztecs won eleven and two, or they won the conference back to back eleven win seasons last year and this year or the previous two years. It's basket it's football now just because you have a bigger big UNLV is terrible and they're the big brand Boise State is one ten games didn't win the division or anything in football but they're still the brand name. If you go by that, I would say football just because they're. It's pretty top-heavy for the most part, but teams are getting better, better. Like Wyoming, they went to the conference title game. New Mexico, two bowl games in a row. Hawaii won a bowl game first time, I think, in nearly, almost seven, eight years or so. But basketball, I think, has more potential just because there's more spots to be on the big stage for the for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that we're catching Mountain West basketball at a tough time right now. I mean, you, the teams that are the blue bloods of this conference with San Diego State and New Mexico and UNLV. The teams that in the early 2010s, those are the teams that were racking up all the bids. And and for the most part, they're rebuilding right now. And, you know, Steve Fish is probably gone within a year or two, if not sooner. Yeah, he said, er, so, I think yesterday, he's not. He's still not sure about next year at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that he might not be back, but that's just pure speculation. But I think just as a whole, when you're a mid-major conference and – your team that is consistently getting into into the tournament is struggling. In this case, UNLV, New Mexico, Boise. That just completely brings the strength of the conference down. So, and I, I just think it's temporary too. As long as the league is able to bring in at least some decent opponents in non-conference, and I stress this so much, but it's it's really what the committee goes by. Top and, fifty, you got to have top fifty. And, unfortunately, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, as long as UNLV and New Mexico can rebound, and I think they will, um, well, and the if conference you add should be that fine long term. San Jose getting better, yeah. CSU should be getting better. Boise's improved the, quite a bit the past five years. And Wyoming, we'll see what they are. They lost NBA player in Adams, who's hopefully has recovered well enough to get a pro contract again from that car accident. But if with the teams rising up from the bottom, like Utah, Utah State's one of the teams people kind of expected to be pretty good. Like with Stu Morrill's there, there he had a I forget how long the record was of 20 plus wins, but going to the big West to the whack to the mountain West within 12 years or so is tough. But I think UNLV should be back and we'll talk about more, probably another show with Nevada. If Musselman stays around or how long, because he's losing Cameron Oliver mentioned yesterday. He's like, I'm not going to say if this is my last game at home or not. And he, we know he tested the waters last year for NBA. I'm assuming at the very least he's going to do that exact same thing, but he's probably gone. So Nevada will take a step back and Musselman. He's brought in a ton of talent from transfers and recruiting and, We'll just see. We'll talk about this stuff later. Some offseason basketball every now and then to keep everybody's uh, who likes hoops year round. Maybe they'll do some recruiting or do some random coaching tournament stuff. But 
Let's get to the actual tournament because I think that's I think maybe that's why people tuned in, hopefully, or <laughs> something. Dares ramble about Wichita State. Wait, they mentioned the F word football. Come on, this is not football. <laughs> basketball. You never know what could happen. Well, Wichita State thing's a big deal. And one last thing on that. Here's probably the reason they'd rather go there than the Mountain West. They get on CBS a little bit more, so there's a little bit more TV exposure, not CBS Network as often. But Butler and Creighton both are – they're second and third in that conference. They both came from smaller leagues. Weren't they – Um, crap, where was Butler from? Horizon League, right? Like way down they there. They went to Horizon and then they – The Big East. Or were they in the Missouri Valley for like a second? I, I want to say they were in A10 for a second. Oh, maybe it's A10. I know Crichton was in A10. Or no, excuse me. It was, no, just, it was just one year, though. I don't yeah. remember it that well. And then if you think about it, even DePaul at the bottom, they're at CUSA. And so Xavier, were they in CUSA? Marquette was. So there's some teams in there. But the top two, three of the top teams after Villanova, Villanova were formerly in like Missouri Valley or even lower in Horizon. So, And we could discuss Gonzaga, the Mountain West, but I don't think they have a re- reason to join in. They should try because, again, baseball would be a big deal because they've won the West Coast Conference last two years, I want to say in uh, baseball, but not that that matters too much, but they're closer and traveled. Seattle's in the area. People love hoops there. And that would be a, if they could attempt to do that and forget, ba- you know, I mean, forget that football requirement. That's probably a team you could go after. Cause there's only, that's the only league Pac 12 is not inviting them anytime soon, but I think they're doing fine as it is, but that's just a, probably a pipe dream if something's going to happen. And with them keep, keep getting number one seeds. What's the point? Why go to a tougher league where maybe a three seed instead and lose six games a year instead of losing maybe three. True. Yeah, it's true. All right, tournament, Wednesday. If you're listening to this, I'll get this up as soon as I can, Tuesday afternoon, evening, so check your uh, feed on Block Talk Radio, um, your RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, all that fun places. So the games this weekend, or not this week, sorry. There's some late games. So if you're out on the uh, Eastern, even, dude, even in the Mountain Time Zone, there's one game that tips about 9.30 p.m. That's perfect for me. I, I don't mind that at all. <laughs> you're one hour earlier, but that's just like, really? That's not that I complain. It's early, but it's just like, if you're watching, if it's a decent game, like they get buried a little bit, partly because, yeah, CBS Network, but just freaking late game. So here's what we have going on right now. The first game, which I think is going to be pretty interesting. We're going to stream these games on Wednesday. They're all, they're all on the Mountain West Network, but they're allowing embed code. So check our site. You can watch it there. So if you're at work and whatever, and you can just kind of tune in on muter headphones and watch in the small corner <laughs> or something. Utah State, San Jose State. This, we're not going to break down every game in super great detail, but they're – how many points are going to be scored in this game? What's the over-under? Should we look that up real quick? Because this could be a lot of points with uh, Clark and uh, Jalen Moore going at it. I don't, I don't have it ahead of me right now. So who do you think? Like, what would your quick take on that? Like, who would you – I think Utah State has a potential to win because Spartans on the road aren't really the best team. They struggle when they're not at home. Right now, Aggie, real quick, Aggies are a four-point favorite, no over-under set, but Spartans have also lost four in a row. That's, that's the thing because we've seen the good from – San Jose State, when they had that four-game streak uh, just a few weeks ago, and they've they've looked like the team that we've seen the last three years and in, in the last two weeks. So um, it, it just depends which team shows up. I, I definitely think that the Spartans are capable of beating Utah State. I, I have never been too high on the Aggies this year, so I think it's possible. But I think when you have guys like McElwain and, and Rector and Jalen Moore, I think that, that should be enough you to think. beat State. But... Um, if if you asked me that this was the matchup three weeks ago, I would have definitely taken San Jose State because they've played like Utah State beat them by six, and they've only played once this year. I want to say yeah, one time is at home. It was on the road, so that's one of the losses they've had in the road. And like I don't know how Utah State lost to UNLV, but they they've been like playing close to good teams. Like they played San Diego State by four. 
lose to Boise by two, but then get blown out by CSU or something. Or they Wyoming on the road by almost uh, like eight points. Lose to Aztecs on the road by almost 20 points. Lose, yeah, they just had a lot of bad, like lose to Mexico double digits. So I would, I think if you go by just players on the team, I'd, I'd go Utah State, but I'm not really confident just because if Moore doesn't have a big game, they're not going to win. Yeah, and, and you know how much they like to rely on. This is the guy that gets the ball and just just as much as anyone in the conference. So if he's if he's not on it and he'll have a tough matchup against Brandon Clark, he can defend and he can definitely score. So that, that'll be an intriguing matchup, but I would probably have to go with Utah State. Because yeah, when they won last time, he only scored 15 points and was 0 for 4 from three-point range. So, yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go Utah State because I think they have more potential to win just because of who's on their team. So that's one one whatever one game in the books whatever one game I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to look for my schedule again i think i dropped this so what's the game, the game number two what do we got here these are all games that aren't going to matter after the next day well i mean air force well i mean sure why not i don't care yeah i don't know i air force played really well in the tournament last year and the one game that they played against unlv so both of these teams are so incredibly instant they love to shoot the love to shoot the three ball so anything could happen in that so i might pick an upset Okay, air, we'll you, see. You pick Air Force. I'm good. One. I mean, that's fine. That game's at uh, 1:30 Pacific. The game that's going to this, I can almost guarantee this game. San Diego State six seed, UNLV 11 seed will have the biggest crowd of the tournament. The biggest crowd, really? You they, think so? They hate each other so much. That is true. This is probably no. This is a. I, I I'm no. I'm going to go out and say this is the biggest rivalry within the conference. These two teams. By far. I agree with that. I don't. I don't know if that'll be the biggest crowd of the tournament. It's a four p.m. Not, Wednesday <laughs> game too, so it's a four p.m. Well, let's just say it'll be the biggest one of the day by double digits, probably or double oh, like fifty yeah. percent at least. It'll be. It's probably. It could be a sellout, so that's why it'd be one of the most attended games. Because even though UNLV's down, they're at home. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game, but I'm. I got to go Aztecs for sure, and because UNLV's just been terrible. I think. I think San Diego State's going to absolutely blow out UNLV. Even though UNLV's at home, um, I like SDSU. I think Hemsley and Kel can get it figured out. They should. It's just funny. And then, it, I, it, not funny, but this, this will be a raucous crowd. So definitely, if you're not heading down there, watch that a little bit to kind of see what's going on, to see what's up there. Because there will be back and forth. You could see some shenanigans in the crowd, possibly, of stuff going on <laughs> in, the, in the background. So here's what we have for the next couple of games. We'll kind of go through the tournament setup real quick. Nevada is probably going to play. They'll they're going to win whoever they play. Like the best matchups probably for the Utah State, right? Or I mean San Jose State. They'd rather play the Spartans. I'm assuming, right? I I would think they'd rather play the San Jose State, but I, they should be able to handle Utah State or San Jose State pretty easily. And that game's on noon on these, these next games on Thursday. If you have like I think Optimum or Cox Cable, you can stream, but you got to find good old regular or pay TV CBS Sports Network. So that game's at noon Pacific there. Fresno and New Mexico. This is interesting because we don't know how much Tim Williams is going to play because he just came back for the. Uh, I should look up how many minutes he played, but he's been gone for what a good month or so, right? At least. Yeah, he missed nine games. Uh, New Mexico really struggled. I, I did a little bit of a short study, I guess you could call it. Um, New Mexico with and without Tim Williams this year, and their efficiency numbers are just so incredibly off balance with with Williams <laughs> out. So. If he can, if he can return, he can play at the level even close to what he was at the start of the year. I think New Mexico has a good shot to at least make some noise in this tournament. Because when he he actually played more minutes, I thought he played thirty one in their win over San Diego State. He scored ten points, four of eleven. 
Um, two of six from what three? Uh, no free throw range there, so, and six rebounds. So that's oh, first game back. That's not bad. It's a lot of minutes to come back, and he probably could have came back versus Wyoming because he's cleared a practice. I think that week. I want to say or late that week. Maybe maybe it's the Monday after. But they had a, they had a bye, and so if I think that's the biggest game could be. I don't know because, like you said, when you look at he's played twenty one games out of thirty. He's second in the team in scoring at 17 and a half, so replacing that was a big deal. And nobody else, even during his time off missing nine games, nobody cracked double digits. Sam Logwood was next closest guy, and he's at seven and a half for the whole season. It's, it, that's not going to cut it. But no. the thing that, that I have my right now, at least statistically, Fresno State, they, they're 335th in the country in allowing runs to get to the free throw line. Oh, boy. New Mexico's... New Mexico's first in the country at getting to the free throw line. Yeah, so yeah, look the, at the Brown free throw and Williams do. Is, what, what's that? Well, look at Williams and Brown. They always go to the line. They attack. Yeah, yeah. So the the free discrepancy, if it's equal to what the numbers say it will be, I I think New Mexico could definitely win this game. And even though without looking at that, I would probably take Fresno State because I think Terry does a good job getting his guys ready to play, and we saw that the upsets that they pulled off in, in the tournament last year. No one really expected any team other than San Diego State to win the tournament. But uh, those those numbers, I mean, we know how the Lobos rely on the free throw line, and that's that's got to be concerning for Fresno State. If, if you're a Fresno State fan, you see those. Here's a real quick thing. Just look at their season stats, Tim Williams. In free throws, he's still second on the team in free throws made by doubling Sam Logwood, 144 to 78. <sighs> And then attempts about eighty more, two fifty three to one seventy four. And overall, Elijah Brown. Do you want to guess how many attempts he has all year? Uh, I I couldn't even guess. I could pull up, but four hundred and seventeen. He's probably good so, for at least five or six a game. No, fourteen a game averaging free. Oh no, sorry, that's field goals. Oh, geez, wrong one. Sorry. I'm like, wait, that's too high. Sorry, let me rephrase it. Now, Williams is still much higher than Logwood. Here we go. Seventy eight maids to forty eight makes compared to Logwood. One twelve to seventy one attempts. And then there we go. Yeah, got two eighteen for uh, Elijah Brown doubles Williams. And that, wow! And you're probably right in there about five. If it's divided by thirty, what's that five a game about? It's yeah, it's about five seven, six, seven, six, seven, yeah. seven a game. So it's a big deal. That's a potential five points a game right there from him. And then Adam Adam Williams, who's probably about the same range. That could be ten point. That's a ten point swing, perhaps if the free if they get to the line that many times. I I'm gonna go to Mexico because I think William they are holding up Williams more than they probably needed to just to make sure he's back and game ready. That's why, why would you stick him in to play 31 minutes if he's just cleared to play? True. And so I'm thinking... I'm, I'm going to go with... Uh, or, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, I think he's going to he need one game back to get ready, and then defense, Fresno's not as good as San Diego State. They're pretty good, but not as good, and that's where I think he'll play better, and that's why I'm going with the Lobos to actually uh, get a victory. So early congrats, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, you know what? I'm going to take Fresno. I think that New Mexico will keep it close at the at the free throw line. I just think that that Brown or Williams will be inconsistent shooting the ball, and uh, Fresno plays well in the tournament, so I'm I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. Okay, next game really quick. We'll make these kind of quick because we don't know who's really playing. CSU versus probably I don't know Wyoming or Air Force. I think they'll have no issue with either team. That's at six uh, Pacific time. Any... I, I think they'll cruise. I think that should be pretty easy. And then Boise versus um, probably San Diego State. That'll be a pretty good game as well. It's a 8.30 tip-off there. That's a late one, man. It's a 12. What's that? No, that's a, not past midnight yet, but it's almost on the East Coast. But 8.30 <laughs> local tip. That That's probably the game of the day. It's Boise probably versus Aztecs, right? Or well, Fresno, so. New Mexico should be pretty good, I would think, hopefully. 
you know, the thing about the Boise-San Diego State game is it could get ugly pretty fast. Uh, just with the, the recent games that these teams have played, they've had some pretty atrocious shooting numbers. But, you know, I think San Diego State just has Boise's number. Um, even though Boise beat them earlier this year, I, I feel like as as long as Kell and Hemsley play up even close to their potential, I know we mention this just about every time the Aztecs take the it, it seems to be the the trend. I, I just feel like Boise's a, not it matches up with San Diego State that well, and that's why I, I, if these two teams were to match up in the quarterfinals, I'd go with the Aztecs. All right, so then who'd you, who'd be your semifinal pick? Because that's where we're at now. So, crap, I keep moving away from my bracket here. I keep changing for tabs, looking for things. So, semifinal, it's a 7 Pacific. And then, man, 930 Pacific. <laughs> no, I made a mistake earlier. That'd be a 1030 game for me. Yes, yeah, geez. So, that's if you're. Like, here's the thing about this. We'll kind of back off because there's tournament bracket stuff, team watch games for NCAAs, and that game would not feature you in a – or, excuse me, feature Nevada, feature winner between um, – what's that game? CSU probably in Boise most likely. Like, do you think these late games matter for committee stuff or do they watch enough that well, missing one game in a conference semifinal will matter or not matter? I don't, I don't think it matters that much just because these teams, whether you win or lose, it's not going to – impact resume that much and i know the committee says that they watch all the games but i mean how many of these east coast guys are really going to stitch colorado state and, and san diego state or boise at well, that game doesn't matter either i guess so. yeah i yeah, guess that's that's what that's what i'd say are they even watching this tournament do you think i would think so yeah i would think so I at think, least nevada yeah it's something because nevada's i think they're getting i know they don't have any great wins but i think they're actually getting close to maybe an at-large bid maybe I, I, I still don't buy it, honestly. I, 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 don't, I see them getting close because it would take a lot of chalk to get in there for them to lose and get in because we'll, we'll look at that later in a second. I need to pull that up, so let's keep chatting about this. So my my semifinal would be the first one would be I'm going – I'm probably going – yeah, I'd go CSU, Boise, and then I would go Fres, uh, no New Mexico versus Nevada in the semifinals. And I, I'd go with – Nevada and Fresno and Colorado State and San Diego State. We think the Aztecs will do it. So you're in line with Team Rankings. You like the Aztecs a lot. <laughs> is is this what Team Rankings says? They have um, so title real quick. We'll get to that in a second. But title game, I want to say a rematch, but I don't hear. I'm just gonna do a stupid bench argument, but Nevada plays nobody. You know what I mean? Like they literally mm-hmm. play nobody off off their bench. <laughs> I'm thinking it's gonna be Boise versus Nevada in the title game. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I have a feeling it's going to be Nevada, San Diego State. You think the Aztecs can actually do it? They can actually put games together. Like this would be, they'd be playing one extra game. They'd be playing what four games in four night, four days, including if they make this far, they'd be playing the late game and then an early afternoon game in the following day. Yeah, I you know, it's it's hard for me to to pick Boise just because I don't think that they, like I said, I don't think that they match up that well against San Diego State and they don't. Colorado State possibly um, but I, I have a hard time believing that the Aztecs have already reached their potential I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago a few months ago but uh, Hemsley and Keller are playing better and I, with with Pope being back and and maybe he can produce the way but he hasn't. I, I, look, I looked into that, and he hasn't. That's the thing. Like I looked into, like okay, when, yeah. he's, when he's been back, he's scoring single digits. Sometimes he's not playing extremely well. 
So it's, I was looking like, all right, what's he going to, what's going to happen? What, what's, what's he been doing once, he, once he's been back? And both them and Boise have been inconsistent. They've, the, San Diego State's lost, they've, sorry, lost three of four. They have won four of seven. That's not great. Where Boise's about the same thing, where they basically have won every other game in the past seven, six games. They lost to New Mexico. They beat Air Force. They won four in a row. Then they go with loss, win, loss, win, loss, win to end the season. And so neither are consistent. So it's like, I think with the Boise, it's going to come down. Like we know Nick Duncan or Hutchinson, he needs to score a lot of points. Duncan needs to be consistent from three-point range. And I think Duncan's a guy, when it comes down to it, like I've seen him down there before when Boise made their run a couple years ago. He's a guy, like I think tournament time, he'll, he'll, I think he'll step up. And that's where I'm thinking he'll be the difference for why Boise will move on, at least to the title game. Yeah, it's possible because we've seen Duncan go off in four, uh, but – I don't know. I don't even know if I have that much of a valid reason I want to take SDSU. I think that Colorado State and Boise State just relies so much on Duncan Hutchison and then for CSU with Covell the other night. If if one of those guys has an off night, and we've seen it with this conference throughout the year, that we we never know what's going to happen. I think I think San Diego State games relatively low scoring if their defense can step up a little bit. And that's why I think that even despite the fact that they're a six seed and have to play four games in four days, if they do reach the final, I think they're still dangerous. Okay. No, I, I don't think they're not. Like I'm looking at ESPN, that giant killers article up on March 1st. They put them in. I'm not sure how they rank it, but they give them a 9.6% chance to be an above average giant team. So it's basically a 10% chance to probably be win the conference. I'm assuming right around there, maybe. I have I have no idea how they do those formulas. Like, sometimes say. I really agree with them, and sometimes I have no idea where they get this information. Because the very first one, it's UNC Wilmington, given the highest percentage. This is before tourney stuff. Their rating, 25.3, meaning estimated 25.3% chance of beating an average giant. What's a giant? Tell us that. I believe that's a top four seed. Okay. Or so maybe top five seed. be nice if they would uh, say that, but they do <laughs> they just already know. <laughs> they probably did in one of. The, I know they did, they used to do this only tournament like once the tournament was over. But I think they've been doing it like maybe once a week, every other week throughout the year. But they're on this list. But then also, really quick, who I'm going to go Nevada. Are you going Nevada to win the tourney? I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And you know what that gets us if they win the tournament, right? What's that? Twelve seed? Well, not that. Coach Musselman said yesterday or Monday. <laughs> if his team wins the conference tournament, gets the automatic bid, he will do his uh, one of his. I, I'm not sure if it's post game, probably post game. I'm assuming press conference after the tournament without a sh- shirtless again. We'll have another shirtless uh, Muscleman. Now, what would happen if these guys won a tournament game? I, yeah, how could you get higher than that if they if they both an upset? So I'm hoping. I am hoping they come to Salt Lake because if there's a Mount, well, if they're whoever wins the tournament, if they're coming to Salt Lake, I'm going to get pat credentials to be at the game, hoping somehow they make their way out west. They probably won't because if they're 11 to, they're probably obviously 11 to 13 seed in that range, probably 12. There's a chance if the five seeds like, um, is there any five seed out west really you could think of? St. Mary's maybe would they be a five seed? So I have, I have St. Mary's as a six right now, and the way it works out, uh, their pod would be playing against a three seed. So it's wherever the location of the three seed wants mm, to go. That's right. And in that case, it would be Duke. So <laughs> as of my bracket this morning, uh, I have Nevada listed as a 12 seed playing against Notre Dame, and that game's in Orlando. So that's basically as far away as we could possibly want it. <laughs> For almost either team. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Oh, man, I'm just hoping, maybe somehow, come on, get get him to town because that'd be great. So I, I don't know what he would do. He would, I don't know how you top that because he went shirtless after the title game, running around, going crazy. I put the uh, who wore <laughs> the him versus Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> One thing we do know, oh, yeah, Harbaugh yeah. needs a tan. Muscleman isn't as a small guy. She's just not very tall. Man, here's here's one more scenario that that could potentially get Nevada into uh, Salt Lake City, and that's if Arizona mm-hmm. somehow slips to a four. Maybe they lose their first game in the Pac-12 tournament. I don't read their plane. They're uh, the two seed, right? What's that? They're the two seed, right? Right now, I have them as a three seed. No, I mean in the uh, Pac-12, they're a two seed. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because Oregon, right. them, they would play. Uh, not Utah's the four seed. I'll look it up while you keep going. Okay, uh, so right now I have Arizona and Salt Lake against East Tennessee State. Arizona's the way that their geography works out, I guess, with with these tournament locations is they're most likely slotted to go to Salt Lake City, and if they do, then uh, the opposite side of the bracket would be six versus eleven seed, and and Arizona itself would be playing a fourteen seed. But in the case that they move down to a four seed, then that would match them up against a thirteen. So if somehow Nevada could end up being a 13 seed, I want to say I have the Wolfpack as my last 12 right now. Yeah, they're, they're my last 12 right now, and okay. Vermont's my first 13. So if Nevada slips to a 13 seed, hmm. Arizona goes down to a 4 seed, then you could potentially see Nevada and Salt Lake. But like, there's, there's so many different things that have to fall into place yeah. and a lot can happen over the next few days. And, and that's just assuming Nevada even wins the conference tournament so yeah, here's really quick pack 12 arizona is a two seed as we know they um probably they'll play the winner between colorado washington state i'm assuming colorado will win that and then you, yeah you'd think <laughs> you, yeah you'd think but then i'm thinking uh ucla is a three they could play they could lose in the quarters to or the uh, semis to a ucla maybe and that might could that it's drop possible. them down maybe if they lose to ucla I, I don't think that would drop them down that would be a loss against a pretty good team but if if they lose to Seven Colorado ten, or yeah. Washington State, which probably would not happen, but the uh, committee's been kind of strange recently with where they slot Pac-12 teams. I remember last year, Brackix had California slotted as a six seed Whoops. as their composite, and, Cal- and California ended up as the first or second four seed. You never know. It, it could you know, we could probably see Arizona anywhere between a two and a four seed, but that could that could possibly place Nevada in Salt Lake. Let me ask you a selfish question. Is University of Utah going to be an at-large bid? No. What if they beat Oregon? <laughs> no. Does they need to win to get in? I, I would think... So you're telling me there's only three Pac-12 teams getting in then, right? Because they're, they're the four seed. I actually have to getting in. Who? Sorry, who'd you say? USC? USC, but I'm higher on the Trojans than a lot of other people. I think I have them one seat higher, but... I'm not saying Utah's think, any good, but I'm just wondering because they got a decent seat in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I, I would think do that not, at the very least they'd have to go to the Pac-12 final. Do not lose Oregon State. That's your answer. That If they were to beat them, that <laughs> may have been the difference. They could play them. They play the winner between Cal and Oregon State, and they beat they beat Cal last week. They crushed them at home, so that's interesting. I don't know how you blow out State and then... Or yeah. Get, I don't know how you lose Oregon State and then blow out Cal, but that's just Pac-12 basketball, I guess. All right, so let's. Um, so we got our title. So I have Nevada versus uh, Boise. You have Nevada, San Diego State. Nevada winning, right? You said. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. So what would be like your? We do our stupid upset picks for stuff for football, and I did one for the uh, 
hey, go listen to our March Fatness podcast. It's it's entertaining <laughs> and awesome. So go go check out that if you like 1990s one hit wonder songs. So you can listen to me try to play songs through my phone on the show. <laughs> so what, that was fun. what would be? We'll get to the percentages really quick because probably wrap this up so people can listen soon. If I were going to say like kind of off the wall tournament final, I probably would stick San Diego State in there. I, I no, actually. I like New Mexico a lot, so I would go. I think I I'd put New Mexico in the title game because <laughs> I think they like that duo, Williams and Bryant or Brown. Maybe you could tell me if I'm way off the wall, but they're probably comparable to Nevada's top two players, right? As the best duo in the league when they're playing at their best. When they're playing at their best, but their problem is inconsistency. And I might, just been out. you know, I might even go Amagua and Clovel before Brown and Williams, okay. but. Any of three teams, those duos are pretty so. New, Mex- New Mexico's got a good team. If I'm yeah, if I'm going crazy, I'd go New Mexico in the finals. It's hard for me to pick Aztecs because they're playing the extra game, but that's they're not like they're old guys. But still, it's tough if you play that many games in that many days, and it's whatever. I think I would go because if New Mexico wins, they would play the first semi verse, and they, that means I'd have them beat in Nevada, which would be tough. That would knock Nevada out for sure of anything. They'd be heading to NIT and hosting the game probably as like a two seed, maybe three seed. And then I would probably go New Mexico Boise. I just don't, I, I like San Diego State, but I just don't think they can win four games in four days. My if I'm going dark yeah, horse, I'd go thing. I'd go New Mexico. I think New Mexico could win the whole thing if they play to what I think they can play. So I'd put put, I, put them over Boise State as kind of my stupid upset title game pick. <laughs> so I. Do you want me to make like a crazy yeah, go for, yes, title I game want, or just like one upset in general? No, go for a crazy title game. What could, like what, with, with the way the league's played, like CSU's beaten everybody above them except for twice, I believe, when they lost to Nevada and uh, I forget who else, like, but they played pretty well. So, like, who would, like, what would be a off, basically a non Nevada winner, essentially, a non Nevada title game? Who would you pick to be in the title game outside of them and maybe CSU? So, if it wasn't Nevada, I would definitely go Fresno. Uh, just because they've been there and done that, and they have, they have different scoring options. I think they have five guys in double figures, so so that definitely helps a lot if one of your guys has an off night. So I'd probably go Fresno against um, maybe Boise. I, I think Fresno Boise would be an entertaining final, and I think that's possible if if the Broncos can heat up. Both of those teams have a lot of offensive options that that can help mm-hmm. out. And like this league, it's like it's like I said, it's play, everybody beats everybody. So it's probably one of the more entertaining games to like or games to watch or tournaments to watch. So obviously, if you're listening to this, tune into that stuff because they're like games to watch. Like I'm not going to rank games; everything that takes forever. But I think Fresno, New Mexico is going to be really exciting. I could see uh, Boise SDSU because of the history. But I think the semifinal games, if you're up to watch them, or even heck DVR the final game, watch fast forward in the morning to watch like maybe second half or something. Because that would be what could be Boise CSU, but let's see. You did let's do this real quick. You did some like stuff to watch, X Factor stuff. Like who's your my player apparently? Which since I'm already in love with Lobos, it's if Tim Williams plays great, New Mexico will go far. I think him and also Nick Duncan of Boise, if he shoots well at three point range, both those teams will go far in the tournament. Obviously, that's part of the reason why I think that could be a potential title game. I, I think it's possible. Both those teams can heat up. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to mention about this this bracket real quick. Um, the, one of the main reasons why I've kind of steered away from Nevada, Colorado State final, um, it, and I do think those are 
easily the two best teams in this conference this year. I think most would agree with that. But just with the way that this conference has played out the last two, three months, how often do we see the first and second best teams, you know, play against each other? I, I just I can't seem to imagine with how crazy this league has been that the one and two seed meet in the final. And conference tournaments have already been crazy, as, as we mentioned. Already five, five spots yeah, have five been taken the NIT. So, I, I and, we, and there's a tournament game that's played tonight where the seeds of the final teams combine for either 11 or 12. I think it's like a six seed against a five seed or seven against a four seed. So uh, that that's pretty much the only reason. I think the Rams are a great team, but just the likelihood of a one versus two, I don't know how possible that is. And also really quick, out of, of the conference tournament history, only three one seeds have won the whole thing. Wow. I, did, I didn't know Muscle that. Muscleman was mentioned, mentioned that earlier, and I was looking around like, yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm like, winners like, yeah, Fresno wasn't a one seed. Wyoming wasn't a one seed the past two years. New Mexico won three years in a row. I don't think they were one seed. I wish they had it put up better. They don't. I wish they had it by seed. Like I'm looking at Wiki for the seed of that team. But, yeah, because even um, in 2011, did San Diego State, who won in the Mountain West? BYU or San Diego State? It was BYU, right, with Jimmer, right? I yeah, think. I think it was BYU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were in the final and lost that game. Because I remember that big game in CBS, Jimmer dropped like 50 and won at home or something. Was, <laughs> yeah. The game was nuts. But I, I, I wish they had the seeding there. But UNLV doesn't make the finals often as people think. They do more often, but not. Because finals appearance, actually San Diego State with nine, UNLV eight. So I wish they had a bit more information on here. But it's uh, San Diego State, does, like your point of them playing well is good. And New Mexico has the third best record of current Mountain West teams in the uh, tournament of winning, going 16 and 12. It's so wide open. We've seen that in recent years with Wyoming coming out of nowhere and and, and Boise showing up. And then you have Fresno State last year upsetting San Diego State. So it's a it's a wide open tournament, even more so with how this season's played out. Also, really quick, Nevada's never won a conference tournament game. And the Aztecs would set a record if they were going to title game of four in a row. No team in the conference has gone to four championship games in a row. Crazy. UNLV went to three back in the uh, when it was in, well, yeah, 2002. One of the years was in Denver. So they've gone to four or five title games. Or actually, no, Azte- oh my God, Aztecs, they've gone to every title game except for 2013. So since 2010 till now, they've been in every title game but one. Maybe, maybe you're onto maybe something they, there. Picking the streak <laughs> this year? I don't know. I didn't know about those stats, but yeah, you never know. I just pulled up Wiki. It's like, there you go. It's right here. And then, yeah, geez, it's 09. No, it's 09. Sorry. They lost to Utah in 2009. Jeez. Well, they're they're very good at the team. So let's look at some percentages really quick before I wrap this thing up. So we have um, the two things I look at. I got Ken Palm, which I had up here, and then teamrankings.com. They're more of a gambling site. So I don't know exactly how they configure, but there's some – mathematical formula i'm assuming and their rankings they have i put an article on they're the second best rankings to win the whole thing and it's it's close so it's not like it's out of the because nevada is a clear favorite here's on team rankings they have 38 percent for nevada six seeded aztecs at 13 13.77 boise next at 13.10 and then csu at 10.72 what but then, but here's the, another real odd thing as well. To get to the semifinals, they're sixth as for percentages, and to get to championship game, they are one, two, three, fourth. Where? That's that's strange, huh? I don't know. I like I, I it's think weird. I mentioned that maybe the podcast or the one before 
that maybe this site, I don't know how they run their formulas, but maybe they uh, combine prior history or maybe what the preseason rankings suggested. But uh, you're saying more than one in 10 times the Aztecs win, win it all, win four games in four more days. More than that's, that, 13%. Yeah, I, that's, that's a little surprising, but... We have Nevada as a clear favorite. I think we can all agree. Mm -hmm. And then Colorado State, Boise State, Fresno, and San Diego State all uh, pretty far behind, but but pretty equal. I think that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, the other – it's just that maybe it is past history. They don't really clarify. Then Ken Palm is all statistical stuff. They have it more almost basically conference order where you have the only change out of the top four. (coughs) Excuse me. It's almost the same, like 35% for Nevada – you got see it, number two CSU, Boise, Fresno. Then Aztecs go from five to six. Only other change is UNLV up one over Air Force. And their I overall. Think that's, do, they, do you they, think that's probably more accurate? I would say so because they give Aztecs a 10% chance overall, 10.7. And then I might put Aztecs over Fresno, maybe, but it's like 0.3% difference he has here. Yeah, I, I agree. And then, yeah, it's it's just, I'll look at that stuff. Like, we'll update this stuff. Probably, I'll probably do both every day. It's kind of here because they update. Does Ken Palm update every day, or they just do a one and done thing? Do they they uh, update every game? So they'll preview, uh, okay. like UNLV against San Diego State, what the percentage is for that. I mean, they'll recalculate so the next round, like the sem- like whoever's left, right? I don't know if they'll calculate it for like say if uh, Nevada beats Utah State. I don't know if they'll calculate what Nevada's percent chance of winning the tournament is, but they'll definitely calculate the what their percent yeah. chance of of winning their next game is we'll see. Okay. We'll look at that. I know team rankings does the whole, they like every round they update it. So if there's upsets or whatever they go through there. So we'll keep track of that every day when we do our schedule and stuff. So check out for all that stuff. And one question we did have, I think we had two, but I only have one remembered who has the easiest path to a tournament. Is there an easy path? The way this league goes on. Someone mentioned to me, I don't remember who it was or which team, which is too bad because it was a good stat, but he mentioned, one of the teams had beaten every team in in their side of the bracket at least once. Was it CSU? Maybe it might have been. No, because CSU lost to Boise State both times. It wasn't them. Nevada. I, then, I, I, guess. I don't. It has to be Nevada. It's got to be the bottom bracket, though. Who Boise then? Did Boise beat CSU twice? They did, and they beat San Jose State. They beat Wyoming. Yeah, it, I think it's Boise actually. I think the bottom half's easier. Definitely. Because I think Nevada, like, there's people might say, oh, it's tougher because you got to play maybe New Mexico. Because I think that's a team that they're playing well, they're good. And Utah State would more can light it up and put a scare into any team. I would say the easiest would probably be CSU because Wyoming Air Force, not that difficult. And then the I'll just say the bottom half. No one, because once you get to semifinals, everybody's usually pretty good unless somehow UNLV sneaks in or, you know what I mean, or there's an upset. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely have to go with CSU. Uh, their, their first game will be extremely winnable, and I think they match up fairly well against the Aztecs and Broncos. So they're almost, I wouldn't say that they're a gimme to get into the final, even though I didn't even pick them to get to the final. <laughs> but uh, to go to the semifinal, definitely, I, I think they should be able to. And then I think Nevada's toughest because, like I said, Utah State, Jalen Moore, what he can do, and they've played, like, he'll play scorers. Like, when Nevada plays, they have whoever their opponent is, they have a legit score, can put up 30. Mm-hmm. minimum on that side so they'll be tough and we'll see it happen so that's our oh, almost an hour right now good thing we stretch this thing out to get going and get things working on so we'll have stuff like <laughs> here's our kind of a plan and also real quick muscleman kind of said that the league he needs to win but he just he's just concentrating on winning and not necessarily saying 
he's basically like every mid-major. I feel like you've had a great year like we have, and somebody at 500 major conference doesn't make it. doesn't make sense to him to leave out a great team from like the Mountain West, the A-10 or whatever conference you're West Coast, you know what I mean, West Coast or something like that, or Missouri Valley because like Illinois State, they're a bubble team. Wow, they're not going to get in. But stupid. Yeah, there are at least through. two or three of those teams every single year that gets Mammoth. left out that probably should be in the tournament. And I don't know. It could be Nevada this year. We'll see. It's just wait for Gary Parrish to put out this thing about top 50 wins and how it's stupid. Or listen to their yeah. podcast as well because I like their show with Matt Norlander, Parrish, and I think it's just them two right now. I haven't listened in a couple weeks. but Yeah, th- those guys are fantastic. Yeah. They know, they I always know listen to tournament time because they have great stories. So it's always fun to do yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't listen all year every now and then I do, but during like tournament time, like this week and Probably maybe if Matt comes to town, I know him a little bit. Maybe we can figure something out to help us mess around with him or do something. But that's a fun podcast as well. CBS College it Sports. It's uh, they're in, Paris is entertaining. He's a radio guy for his main job too, and TV, so he knows what he's doing. But that's our stuff for today. So here's what the kind of plan is. Um, real quick, we'll keep an eye on NIT stuff as well because I'll change probably daily. With all the at large um, or automatic skating, I'm assuming it might be only three teams because right now they have they updated last night NYC buckets where you want to go. They have oh, refresh. Come on, come on. San Diego State out. They have Fresno, Boise State, and CSU. And I think, if I'm correct, are those only ones. Yeah, you, Fresno's a six. Colorado State's a five. Boise's a three. Aztecs and out. And no, that is it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that could shrink. Last year there's eleven, but at this point right now there's no other smaller conferences uh, outside of Mountain West. Well, they wouldn't really steal a bit. They just you know, well, I guess. I guess Nevada would be still in a bit if they get here, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, that would that would definitely be still in a bit. But no other conference, like there's no other smaller conference is really going on as of probably tomorrow, right? Um, you mean like as as big one as big Mountain league. West? Yeah, like one big league, like uh, a ten or a couple bit team, well, whatever. There's not many more of those, like Monmouth getting a bit or Oakland or something like that. So. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't expect any of those conferences to get another. I'd, I'd be surprised, and if they Mac were, they'd be a deep. Mac or CUSA maybe. Middle Tennessee State's a bubble team, so we'll mm-hmm. see if, how they get in. Mac, they try to make a case for two, but I don't see two in that league either. So, all right, so that's our stuff for today. So we'll get this up quickly, hopefully Tuesday. Early, for, hey, if you're driving home and you're listening to this, let us know because that would be pretty cool if it's up by then. But we will have, um, like I said, you can stream all the first games on Wednesday. Every day we're going to have a schedule, have a score update. So keep checking back. We'll do more tweeting than normal first hoops because I know it's been less this year for basketball tweets. I was in the hospital for a month. Come on, what do you? What gives? I can't watch everything. What gives? But all these games like this, so keep it out for that stuff. So and follow you as well because you're gonna update your bracket probably every day this week, right? I'm going to try to. We'll see. It. Man, I was up late last night working on this stuff. When you, I printed out the whole uh, packet of official NCAA rules and stuff, and oh gosh, it's like putting a puzzle together. It's such crazy. Yeah, it makes it worth it. Hopefully, people will click and read. So that give incentive to read his uh, bracket stuff what he puts out there and follow him on Twitter. But check us out mwcconnection.com. We will most likely um, do a podcast Sunday after the tournament stuff is out. Is that a good plan? That should work. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll figure out a time. We'll just go software. We maybe we'll do two a tournament recap and that as well. But we'll see. But yeah, thanks for listening. And it's tournament time, and it's now. I guess it's the time to really watch basketball harder if you're not. <laughs> But, yeah, hey, thanks for everybody listening. And, again, download uh, Block Talk Radio, Stitcher, iTunes. Give us a review. Again, five stars. But tell us how you really feel because it helps us out, even if it's <laughs> terrible. And, uh, yeah, just keep looking for that stuff. And we'll see you next time, man. Go Hoops.